0: Hello Texans and welcome to the podcast great to have you along today as we talk Colts right this is the team that boils my blood unlike any other if you've heard me on the air over the years you know how I hate the Colts like poison I say that and for the unindoctrinated hating in sports is okay hating in real life not hating in sports just fine because with the Colts look this all started back at the RCA Dome They were impossible to beat there, at least for the Texans they were, as Peyton Manning and his merry band of pass catchers would torch anyone who came in there, and it was so loud. Look, it only held 56,000 and change, but it was the loudest building I've ever been in. It would be deafening in there. And then when the Colts were on offense, it was like golf. It was like Tiger putting at the U.S. Open on 18. It was like tennis. Quiet, please. You could hear up. Pin drop when the Colts were on offense. Actually, all you'd hear is Omaha and stuff like that that Manning was barking out. And it was just one long afternoon, one long afternoon after another at that place for the Houston Texans. Well, go to 2008, they opened up Lucas Oil Stadium, and it wasn't great that year either. 2009, they missed a field goal at the buzzer. 2010, a tough outing there. It was Monday Night Football. Texans could not get much going on offense 2011. It was Dan Orlovsky winning. That's right. They were 2-14 and 14 that year, and one of the wins was against the Texans in the second-to-last week of the season, and that win didn't even knock the Colts out of getting the number one overall pick, who turned out to be Andrew Luck. Look, I could go on and on and on about this rivalry. I haven't hit on the home games yet, by the way. But the Texans finally won there in 2015 and 2016 and 2019. So they've won three of six, three of the last six at Lucas Oil Stadium. Not going to be easy. Never is up there. I don't care who's playing quarterback. This time it's Carson Wentz. First time we see Carson Wentz ever, actually, for the Houston Texans because when they played Philly in 2018, it was Nick Foles who played for the Eagles at that particular point with Wentz Hurt. Now, he was hurt earlier this year. He missed most of camp. He had the two sprained ankles But he's hot now, threw for over 600 yards, four touchdowns the last two games, no picks. He did fumble, but he is hot right now, and T.Y. Hilton's set to come back. Ouch! I don't like this at all. But the Texans played better against the Patriots than they did against the Bills. They played almost, I say almost, well enough to win. Let's see if they can put together another good performance this time on the road. Mills needs a good road game. He played pretty decent at Cleveland coming off the bench in a tough spot. You know what happened at Buffalo. Last week best passing performance against the Patriots by any QB this year and the best for a rookie against Bill Belichick by far. So that was good. That was one of the silver linings of that game. Let's see if Mills can step up and the rest of the offense. It's a team game. Come on. Let's see if everybody can step up, put some points on the board against Indy, and somehow, someway, get some takeaways against this Colts team in their building, slow them down. Both teams starving for a win at 1-4. We'll see how it goes. Let's catch up with Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, now, listen into that conversation. Joining us right now, on Texans Radio, Matt Taylor, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Matt, great to visit with you, and uh, I feel like you and I are the Spider-Man meme, uh, based on the way each of our last games went. Uh, you at Baltimore, and the Texans against the Patriots, blowing the lead, field goal issues. Uh, how you feeling a few days later after that Colts <laughs> game with Baltimore?
1: Yeah, it's, that's a really good analogy or a really good metaphor. It's also like that Homer Simpson meme because, you know, the Colts were up big in that game on Monday night in Baltimore. They were up 19 points, and we're talking about how good they're playing, and then all of a sudden you have to do the Homer Simpson meme where he kind of backtracks mm-hmm. into, the, into the bushes there a little bit because – the Colts yacked it up. Uh, I mean, losing that 19 point lead, they're up 22 to 3 with three minutes to go in the third quarter. And then to lose in overtime, it's tied for the ninth biggest blown lead in franchise history. And obviously, a lot of things go into it. I mean, very unfortunate circumstance with their kicker getting injured in the pregame warm ups. I mean, obviously, what are the odds of that happening? And then just defensively not being able to make a play. And then, you know, in the second half, just getting completely ripped apart by Lamar Jackson who threw for 335 yards in the second half and overtime that alone tops his career high so he he did that in one half uh you know setting a new career high in terms of passing four touchdowns so a lot went into it and certainly it's a it was a, a I think a defining moment loss for the Colts you know it was a a chance for them to kind of make a statement on Monday night football to beat a really good football team and and show you know to the rest of the football world that hey they're better than their zero and three start but instead they're now one and four and they got a really really tough road ahead if they want to get back into the playoff conversation there's no doubt about that
0: well you're not alone with the kicker deal Matt because the Texans had their place kicker Kaiyemi Fairbairn injured in a preseason game during Mm -hmm. the warm-ups, and they ended up having to go for two all night and having Justin Reed kick off. And Fairbairn just back a couple of games ago and struggled, obviously, in his first game where he really had to place kick. Uh, So you never know what's going to happen. But tell me this, the way the Colts built the lead, the way they got there in front of Baltimore, that's the way they want to play, right? I mean, they had Taylor with a big catch and run. They had some good defense brewing. Tell me about what worked on that Monday night.
1: Yeah, they they played fantastically for two and a half quarters, and they played their brand of ball against a really good team on both sides of the ball. Offensively, you know, they racked up 513 yards of offense, and, you know, they were just kind of surgical there in that first half. You know, they didn't have a lot of points to show for it, and that speaks to the red zone. I'll talk about that in just a second. But in, in terms of just execution, the game plan, and, you know, how they were set up to build the Ravens, man, they 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 performed well. And they had an edge about them. I thought they were the more prepared team. They were the tougher team in the first half, really for the first, you know, two and a half quarters. Um, but, you know, things kind of slipped apart. But, I mean, Carson Wentz had the best game of his career, at least statistically, because, I mean, he threw for 402 yards, 128 passer rating. Those are career highs his yards per attempt was 11.5. I mean, these last two games for him in week 4 and 5 since he's, you know, gradually gotten a little bit healthier coming off the two ankle sprains in week 2 against the Rams, I mean, he's he's played like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't know what else you want from your starting quarterback in terms of production, setting up his team with a chance to win. So I think offensively, you know, they certainly upheld their end of the bargain and then defensively to start the game I mean just great defensive principles in stopping Lamar Jackson. I mean, you know, they they stopped that, you know, ridiculous 43 uh, 43 game streak where the Ravens went over 100 yards rushing. They didn't get anywhere near that on on Monday night. So, you know, stopping the run that's a hallmark of of the Colts defense, but obviously passing defense that's a different story because anytime under Matt Eberflus, unfortunately, their defensive coordinator, anytime they play, you know, an above average quarterback, uh, you know, the, the secondary gets chewed up a little bit so far this year. The Colts have allowed up opposing quarterbacks to post a 124.9 passer rating, and they're completing 73% of their passes. So right now it's good stopping the run and not so good at slowing down the pass.
0: Yeah, and it looked like the Ravens were getting that underneath stuff going. It wasn't all just bombs away from Lamar Jackson and his running ability. They got some short stuff underneath, shallow crosses, things like that. What it, What is the issue there? I know you have injuries, and obviously that has to have a great deal to do with it, right?
1: They do, and it does. You know, Xavier Rhodes went out of the game with a concussion. Uh, they didn't play the game with Rock Yassine. So, I mean, there was good stretches of the second half in crunch time where the Colts were lining up with, you know, Bo Pete Keys, and Anthony Chesley. And this is no disrespect to either guy because they're in the NFL for a reason. But it almost looked like it was uh, uh, the last preseason game, you know, in, in August based on the secondary alignment out there. Um, so it's just – it's all about matchups, certainly, late in the game when those guys are on the field. And, you know, Mark Andrews, the tight end, had a big game against them. Marquise Brown had a big game against them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, once once the Baltimore got down big and they sort of got in that two-minute mode and they were going at, at breakneck speed, it was hard for the Colts to substitute, especially on the defensive line. So their pass rush got negated, and then they had some injuries in the secondary – with some inexperience in the back end and just, you know, guys making plays in front of them. It was just a, a really tall order. And Jackson, to his credit, just took his game to the next level. He was really good at extending plays and just his accuracy was off the charts. I mean, he had 442 passing yards for the game and he is, I think his completion percentage, 86%. That was the best ever for a player with at least 40 attempts and for a player with at least 400 passing yards in a game, so certainly a, a, a historic performance by the Ravens' quarterback. And but again, I go back to the passing defense for the Colts. Anytime they play above-average quarterbacks, and I would throw you know Deshaun Watson in there the last couple of years into that in that conversation, it just has not gone well for the Colts' defense and giving up a lot of yards and a lot of points.
0: Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joining us. Matt, uh, you brought up last year two games that the Texans lost when trying to take command of the situation down the stretch, bitten by the turnover bug. And the Colts are the Texans' nemesis. Let's just be clear on that. Even though the Texans have won the division more often lately than the Colts, the Colts are still in command of the all-time series, won the playoff game here, capping 2018. And what are the Colts fans and the Colts, Colts nation, if you will, what do they think of the Texans right now, what Houston's going through?
1: Well, I mean, right now, I mean, you you can sort of make comparisons between the two franchises because the record's the same. It's one and four. You know, the Texans are on a losing streak. Um, You know, they've had some instability at quarterback. The Colts have obviously had some instability at QB, not in the sense that it's different guys, but with Carson Wentz. I mean, it's really like the beginning of the season was his training camp and his acclimation period to a new team because he missed all of the real training camp, basically with. Uh, A foot injury, you know, the second day of camp, second day of practice, he goes out with a foot problem, has to have surgery where they uh, remove a bone from his foot, and then he's out basically the next four or five weeks. So he came back the week before the start of the regular season. And, again, I'm saying just now he's finding his groove. He's healthier, and plus he had those two ankle sprains against the Rams, which compounded things in a negative way. So in the last two weeks, I mean – Wentz is at 73% completion percentage, 630 passing yards, 9.4 yards per attempt, and he has six completions over 25 yards. Those are all top five numbers for quarterbacks just in the last two weeks. I know it's a short sample size, but again, he is getting more acclimated Mm. in the Colts' offense, and he is getting healthier. Um, But to draw comparisons right now between the two franchises, I still think that the Texans have aspirations of getting back into the mix. I know the Colts do, and the Colts schedule kind of lightens up a little bit, at least on paper. I don't know if you saw the Colts' first five games of the season, Mark, but, I mean, it was an absolute gauntlet. I mean, the, the first five games to start a year for the Colts, I don't think there's been a more difficult stretch for a team based on the year, the year before's results in the last 30 years. I mean, they played teams that made the playoffs, uh, teams that pl- won at least 10 games last year, all in the first five, and – no one around here saw one and four, but that's what the injuries and just bad luck and not executing well will get you. Um, but So with that, with that being said, this game on Sunday for the Colts against the Texans, quite frankly, it's their Super Bowl. I mean, it has to be. I mean, their game at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up on Sunday is the biggest game of the year because if they, if they drop this one and they go to one and five and oh and two in the AFC South, You know, mathematically, you wouldn't be eliminated. But in all reality, you would probably be done for the year in terms of trying to climb back into the playoff race.
0: You played Tennessee already. What was it like seeing them? What do you make of that team in 2021?
1: You know, they're just a solid team. And as long as they've got the quarterback and as long as they've got Derrick Henry, you know, they're always going to have a chance. And that's what they did against the Colts. They they grinded them down in the second half. You know, Henry didn't explode. You know, he didn't have any, you know, 40, 50 yard runs, but he still had 28 carries well over a hundred yards and they just sort of, you know, pounded the in into submission late in the game, kind of took over that game. And that was the game. There was a little bit of an asterisk if you're a Colts fan, because that was the game that went, came back and late in the week, decided he was good enough to play, cleared all the protocols, doctors gave him the green light, played on two bad ankles, and he visibly just wasn't the same quarterback. It's not an excuse, but I think if the Colts play him again, and they will in a couple weeks, I think they'll have a better chance to win that football game because, you know, the playbook will be more open and the more things that Wentz can do, I think, the better. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you got to play really sound football against Tennessee, Plus, they got the two guys on the outside, at least they did, against the Colts with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown to kind of make their offense more dynamic. And defensively, I I still think they're kind of average. I think they can be had. Um, But it's funny, you know, the Colts are getting out of this five-game stretch um, to start the season where it's really tough. The Titans stretch coming up, that's their most difficult portion of the schedule. They got to play Buffalo, Kansas City, then come here to play the Colts at the Rams and then play the Saints whereas the Colts next couple of games Houston, San Francisco's 2 and 3, the Titans, the Jets on a Thursday night, they're 1 and 4 and then Jacksonville 0 oh and 5. So, you don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but if 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 you're going to get on a roll, now's the time to do it if you're the Colts because there's at least a chance that things can kind of break your way with the Titans have a, having a, a difficult schedule coming up week 6 through 10.
0: Matt Taylor joining us, voice of the Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville winless. And we know about the Urban Meyer situation a couple of weeks ago. But overall, the Jaguars organization not getting a win yet. Are you surprised by that? What do you make of their situation moving forward here?
1: I I am surprised by that because I I thought they had a lot of good returning talent. I mean, they they spent a lot of money in free agency. I like some of the moves they made this offseason with new players coming in. Um, and obviously, you know, they, they got a good core. They had a bazillion draft picks. I mean, a new, a new franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, I guess I'll start there. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in Lawrence and I know he's a rookie, a lot of expectations and he's got the weight of the franchise on his shoulders. That being said, I, I thought he would look better. I think he, I, I, I thought he would be a little bit more efficient than he has shown to this point. Um, they've dropped some winnable games. Um, you know, I, I throw last week's game as a winnable game. I certainly thought the the Bengal game for them on a Thursday night, that was a winnable game. They blew that 14-point lead. Um, so I was a little bit more bullish on them than a lot of people going into the season. Now, maybe not to the extent of them making the playoffs, but I certainly didn't see 0-5, and, and now they've lost 20 straight games. And now we're starting to talk about them potentially flirting with the all-time record of consecutive losses, which I think is set by Tampa Bay back in the eighties and nineties with 26 straight losses. So, um, they've been a a disappointment and that being said, you know, they always give the Colts trouble. You know, I know about the the Texans and the Jaguars have some really good games over Mm -hmm. the years, but the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. So even though record wise, it's, it's kind of a layup, uh, at least on paper, it, it will not be in reality because their last win was against the Colts back in week one of 2020.
0: Other than the quarterback situation, you played the Dolphins. Texans will have them in a few weeks. What do you think is wrong with Miami?
1: Well, I mean, right now it's it's Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. You know, defensively, they just don't really have too much of an identity. Um, you know, obviously we saw Jacoby here over the years as the quarterback for the Colts. You know, Mark, a guy that is highly respected in the locker room. He just, he's like oozing with intangibles. But when you get him on the field, you know the the things that kind of stand out to you. He's not going to turn the football over. He's always going to keep you in the game. He's going to be smart with the ball. But the other side of that is he's just not going to push it down the field. You know the yards mm-hmm. per attempt is not going to be very high. And it's funny. I we were game planning for for the for the uh, the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago, prepping for that conversation. And one of the things we brought up was. You know, it's it's funny I'm talking to you about this because I remember a game in 2019, late in the season, I think it was end of November, it's a Thursday night game, you know, the Colts and Texans were, you know, uh, neck and neck to see who's going to win the AFC South, and obviously those head-to-head matchups mean so much, it was a primetime game down there, and Colts did a lot of really good things in order to win the game, right? 150 yards rushing. They didn't turn the football over. They won time of possession. They got a couple of takeaways and they still lost. And the big reason why is because they just couldn't push the ball down the field. They didn't have enough chunk plays and they had a hard time scoring. And just when when that happens, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be efficient on offense. And you know, I think the biggest pass play in that game for the Colts was 14 yards. And that's sort of indicative of what the Miami offense looks right now, looks like right now with Jacoby Brissett. So I know they've had injuries too. You know, they're playing in a a difficult division now in the AFC East with Buffalo and New England kind of figuring some things out. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that that, that should be, I think, a a game where the Texans should have an outstanding chance to win it because just right now Miami's a little bit uneven on both sides of the ball.
0: All right, final thoughts, Matt. This Sunday, the matchup, both teams coming off of tough losses. Texans getting a much better quarterbacking performance than they did the week before. What do you think Sunday at noon?
1: Well, like I said, the, the Colts are treating it like it's their Super Bowl. It's, it's a must-win game. Again, the math says it's not, but the reality says that it's, it's pretty close. And I, I think all offensively, the Colts have found their stride. They're looking really, really good. Again, 513 yards of offense against Baltimore last week. I mean, if you can't win with those numbers, um, then it's it's just it's it's going to be a long year for you. That being said, the offense can do more. You know, I talked about the red zone earlier. Right now, the Colts are 7 for 19, Mark, inside the red zone. That's dead last. That's 32nd. Uh, last week, they were 1 for 4. And in Baltimore, they had three drives of nine or more plays that resulted in no points. And again, one for four in the red zone. They failed to score on two of those trips altogether inside the 20-yard line. And then when you, you know, uh, give up a 19-point lead and you lose the game in overtime, everything's going to get looked at, and that's certainly a big reason why they lost that football game. So, you know, I I think it's got to be situational where the Colts win this football game coming up on on Sunday. they got to be good on third down, and they definitely have to be much better inside the red zone I know Houston's had their troubles on both sides of the ball, specifically on defense. They're giving up some big plays. But they've been good situationally, good on third down and good in the red zone. So if the Colts want to win this game, it it comes down to the little details on third down and making plays. Think players, not plays when they have the ball inside the 20 at Lucas Oil.
0: All right, Matt, we really appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. My pleasure, Mark. Be well. There's Matt Taylor, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Always a pleasure to catch up with him. And always a pleasure to have you listening to the podcast. Check out all the other podcasts wherever you got this one or wherever fine podcasts are available. Have a great day, everyone. Noon Kick on Sunday. Sports Radio 610 has it. The Bull 100.3 FM. And on the Texans app as well, depending on where you are. Check it out. Have a great day, everyone. Go Texans.